Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. So let's make our confession of faith together. We can do Janet later because we got to go into another song. <laughs> Lift your Bible out. Let's make our confession of faith. It's right there on the screen. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we pray that you would now speak to us. We pray that you would give us the ability to get up out of every low place, get up out of every low circumstance and situation. Give us the ability to do that now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Throw your hands up and just release 10 seconds of worship in this atmosphere right now. Go. Come on. Come on, let me hear you release a praise right there if you believe you're getting up out of every low place. Now, now, do me a favor. Touch somebody on the shoulder and just say, get up now. Say, get on up. I need all of my, I need all of my harvesters that are 40 and over. I need you to get up. Now, I need you to bust a move. Come on, 40 and older. Come on, 40 and older. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, all right, that'll work, that'll work, that'll work, wait a minute, she going, she going, <laughs> okay, that's good, that's good, that's good, y'all be seated, I need all my 39 and younger to get up, get on up, now I need you to bust a move, come on 39 and younger, let's go. He look like somebody's deacon. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, you can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for you to get up. Say it again. Say, it's time for us to get up. Look at your row and say, it's time for this row to get up. 
Father, do what you do when you do how you do when you do when you do it. Speak to us today with clarity. Speak to us today with power that we move in those things that you have ordained. Let this word not fall on any deaf ears. Let this word be absorbed, received, and acted upon. I pray for the spirit of the doer to be stirred up in this atmosphere. What is that? It's somebody that hears the word and does the word. Hears the word and acts on the word. Hears the word and gets up and gets to moving. That's what we declare and we declare that it is so. I rebuke any distraction. I rebuke any hindrance that would stop us from receiving this today. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. On Sunday, this is the very last message of our series, Harvest at the Movies. And on Sunday, we lived the, uh, the movie straight out of Compton. Watch me. And we learned that Compton had two definitions. The first was to settle. And I said to you, you cannot change or you cannot get comfortable, excuse me, in what God wants to change. Your greatest fight will be when you're trying to fight against something God wants to change and leave it the same. I need you to realize if you're not growing, you are in fact dead. And I need you to watch this. Get uncomfortable being uncomfortable. So many times in life, what we're seeking is something that God never promised us. What we are seeking is to always be in peaceful situations. That's not what the Bible promises. What the Bible promises is that he would give us peace that surpasses all understanding. So watch this. It means what I might be going through is very painful, very difficult, very challenging. And what I need to do is embrace the change rather than resisting the change. And God will give me peace while I'm in the midst of the change. I need some of y'all watching this to loosen up a little lay your hands on yourself say loosen up you are so married to what was you're missing what he's making it into you're so connected to how he used to move you miss the fact that he's moving different you're so used to the lazy loser friends you used to have that when God upgrades you you reject them and you say I'm not qualified for that I came to tell you everything in your life from this moment forward it's on its way up I need you to release it in this atmosphere say I'm going up I didn't like the way you said it. Said it again. I'm going up. Your family's going up. Your money's going up. Your kids are going up. Your education's going up. Your credit's going up. Everything about you is going The problem is, is you sometimes, we sometimes get used to Compton. We get used to settling. This is the way I've done it for five years. So what? This is how I've been all my life. So what? That's why we get born again. So that we ain't got to act how we used to act. We ain't got to do what we used to do. I need somebody to let go of what was and embrace what is. I said to somebody the other day, I said, you have to learn. Listen to me. I said, you have to learn how to make love to change. You miss me. In other words, watch this. What most people do is we were so resistant because we, 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 watch this, we go to Compton. We settle. And so I'm used to this. This is the way I used to do it. This is where I sit. This is what I do. This is how I act. This is what it's supposed to be. And God says, I'm trying to take you from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from level to level, which means if this month you at the same level you were last month, Houston, we have a problem. If you can't see your own growth, we got a problem. I need to check the room and make sure I got some people that have been evolving and growing. Is there anybody that can say, watch me, I may not be where I want to be, but I can look back and see that I've been growing. I can look back and listen, had that happened to me a month ago, you would have cussed somebody smooth out, but you've been growing. Had that happened to you a month ago, you would have lost your mind, but you've been growing. Can you celebrate your own progress right there? 
Just elbow somebody say, I've been growing, I've been growing. Yeah, I pray more, I worship more, I give more, I serve more, I love people more. I ain't walking around with a bad attitude. What? The second definition of, of Compton is a valley. And the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley, I need you not to settle in what you're supposed to only pass through. I need, you want me to read it? Back it up. I need you not to settle in what you're only supposed to pass through. You were not born to live in chronic drama all the time. You were not born to be stressed out from sunup to sundown every day. I rebuke you thinking that's how it has to be. Say valley. Now, when we looked at this on Sunday, we said that they didn't choose, the gentleman in the movie, uh, the group that the movie was based off of, NWA, uh, they did not choose to be born or placed in Compton, but that location is the hand they were dealt to see what they would do with it. it can, I said this, it can either be your launch or your abort. I need you to look at it differently. I need you to look at any areas. How many people, you be honest, there's some areas where you're mountains, but there's some areas there's a valley. Be honest, tell the truth. Because right? watch this. If you won't even admit where you are, no wonder you can't find your way out. When you are trying to program your navigation to get you somewhere, the first thing you got to do is identify where you at. Shut your mouth. And too many people, watch this, won't be honest about the fact that there are certain areas of your life that just ain't where they should be, ain't where they could be. But watch this. That's about to change. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say it's about to go up. I need you to stop saying stuff like it's about to go down. No, that's a bad confession. You need to lay your hands on yourself and say it's about to go up. God said, I want to see what you're going to do with the hand you've been dealt. It can launch you or abort you. And those young men decided it would be where they launched from. You know what I like about their story? Is their story has some similarities um, to, the, to the 12 young men Jesus picked. Jesus in North Africa picked 12. That's what that was called until World War II when they changed it to Middle East. It was called North Africa because Israel is on the African tectonic plate. So watch me, uh, watch me. So what happens is Jesus picks 12 young men, ages 12 up to 21. Peter was probably the oldest. He picks 12 young men, watch this, that were misfits. 12 young men that didn't fit in with everybody else. How do you know that? Because, watch this, uh, these were 12 young men that they were active doing their father's trade. And whenever in Hebrew culture you weren't good enough to apprentice a rabbi, the rabbi would say to you, go, the teacher would say to you, go and do your father's trade. In other words, he says, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for you. So go do your father's trade. Watch this. Because even though there might be something in you, I don't have the patience to birth it out. And for some of you, I'm here to tell you the reason you're at harvest is because God says, watch this. Maybe it didn't work here, there, 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 there. But I brought you here so that it could finally be birthed out. I need you to know it ain't no accident. Colorado is 46 out of 50 for church attendance in the nation. It ain't no accident that you're in this place. It's no accident that you saw it on Instagram, saw it on Google. It ain't no accident somebody gave you an invite. God says it didn't work here, 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 here. But I needed to get you to somebody that knew what to do with you. I needed to get you in a place where, watch this, you won't be aborted anymore, but you'll finally be birthed. So watch. Jesus picks these 12 young men. And as he picks these 12 young men, these 12 young men change the world. But they're misfits. They, they were rejected by the system and the status quo. But these young men decided, this ain't going to be my abort. This is going to be my launch. 
And we looked at even Jesus who lived in Nazareth. And they said this, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Even Jesus had been in a place where it was worse than a valley. Because a valley has a predetermined beginning and a predetermined end. Jesus was in Nazareth, which means, watch this, uh, like a cup or a bowl. So the only way to get out of a cup or a bowl is to be poured out. Which is why sometimes you always, watch me, you feel like you're always being emptied. Listen, the reason you feel like you're being emptied is because God says, watch this, what you didn't know is you weren't in a valley, you were in a Nazareth. And the only way to get the best out of you was I had to pour everything out of you so you could see what you had. You didn't know you had that much strength. You didn't know you had that much faith. You didn't know you had that much patience. You didn't know that you had that much grace. Y'all ain't saying to me. Some of you didn't know you had that much anointing. What is that? Super through your natural. All this time you thought you were a screw up. And then God said, let me pour you out so you can see yourself. And I need you to know you ain't sitting next to a loser. I need you to know you ain't sitting next to a failure. I need you to know you ain't sitting next to a mistake. You are sitting next to some of God's very best. You are sitting next... Don't let your neighbor sleep on you. Let your neighbor say, do you don't have a clue who you sit next to? Yeah, baby, I'm the one that he saved uh, and stepped out of eternity to save. You're the one that he died for. You're the one he believes in. You're the one that he bled for. Somebody say, he loves me. Jesus was in Nazareth. These young men were in a valley called Compton. That's what the word Compton means. And we looked at a man named Ezekiel. You remember Ezekiel? Now, Ezekiel, he was placed in a valley by who? God, we learned on Sunday. The Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord was with him, and the hand of the Lord set him in the valley. Which means sometimes, some valleys you didn't pick, some valleys pick you. There are certain things you didn't do anything wrong. There are certain things where you're looking like, can I be honest with you? As a pastor, there are certain things I dealt with with people, and I said, God, what is up with that? I never sowed that, so why am I reaping that? Has anybody ever been there where you're like, God, I never did that to anybody. I never acted this way with anybody. If I haven't shown this, why am I reaping it? It is because sometimes God has to take you and put you in a valley, and he puts you in the valley because there's stuff he needs you to see that you're only going to see in the valley. Why? Because watch this. What's a valley? It's in between two mountains. So that means right after a victory, that's when you're most vulnerable for a valley. Watch this. And when you're in a valley, what's that telling you? A victory is... I need you to lay your hands on your neighbor and say, it's getting ready to happen. Wrong neighbor. Try somebody else. Say, it's getting ready to happen. Still the wrong one. Pick a third one. Say, I promise you it's getting ready to happen. How do you know? Because there's some valleys that I'm looking at. And these valleys are about to be turned into victory. I need you to release a praise if you believe it right there. Watch. Ezekiel's in this valley that God puts him in. And the Bible says he's in a valley of dry bones. And we learned on, on Sunday that bones on level one mean bones. There once was an army that was alive in this valley, and the army had died, and the army was dry, and God needed somebody, watch this, to build something out of nothing. He needed somebody that could see mess and say, I see a miracle. He needed somebody. See, this is why, watch this, there are certain things God picked you for that truth be told you wish he didn't. When you listen to some of your friends tell their little story, you're like... 
That's all you've been through? And you think back over your own story and you say, listen, I dealt with that last Tuesday. You, that's all you've been through and you 48? That's all you've been through? You 55? Who am I talking to? There are certain things God has picked you for and he's trusted you with that he didn't trust other people with because they wouldn't know how to handle it. And I need you not to curse the fact that he trusted you. I need you not to be angry with the fact that he trusted you. Somebody say, he trusted me with trouble. He places Ezekiel in a valley because Ezekiel's name in Hebrew means strength. But the problem is, is Ezekiel needed to grow into his name. There's certain things about you that have been spoken that you have to grow into. David's anointed to be king at 16. It takes him 14 years to grow into it. Joseph is, is watch this, Joseph gets a dream he's going to be a, a ruler at 17. It takes him 13 years to grow into it. I need you to know you ain't been wasting time. I'm about to throw my mic. If you don't shout off of this, I, I'm going to throw my mic at you. You haven't been wasting time. You've been growing into what he prophesied. You ain't wasted one day. You ain't wasted one day. For everybody in here that feels like, oh my God, I wasted my 20s, I wasted my 30s, I wasted. You have not wasted one day. You've been growing up. Would you lay your hands on yourself? Say you're growing, you're growing, you're growing, you're growing, you're growing. Watch. <laughs> Ezekiel's name means strength. But he's got to grow into it. So God puts him in the valley. He looks around. He walks around the bones. He says, they're very dry. How dry? Very dry. Which means this is awful. It can't get no worse. I said it like that on purpose. I know it's not getting worse. Watch. And then God asked him, can these bones live? Why is God asking a man? God asks men questions not to get knowledge. God asks us questions to determine where our faith is. You missed it. God ain't asking you nothing to figure out the answer. He's omniscient, omniscience, all science. What science? Knowledge. Which means anything I study will eventually take me back to God, which means God and science are not enemies to one another. In fact, you cannot have science unless you have God because everything that you study will eventually take you back to God. So don't let nobody put an intellectual argument on you and say, well, can you prove this? Well, what you don't understand is the only way you could prove that is with God. There is no other way that you could explain that or prove that. There was a big bang. Who shot it off? Y'all ain't saying that. There was some primordial soup. Who put the soup there? Y'all ain't saying that. A monkey move. Well, okay. Well, who made the monkey that made the monkey move? There is no other way you can explain this except to say that I am that I am that I am. Can I take a 10-second praise break and just give him glory? I am that 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 I am. He's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the great I am, the first and the last. He is amazing. Somebody holler, that's my God. So he's in this valley of dry bones. And we learned that bones mean bones. Second definition of bones in Hebrew, it means pains. He's in a valley of, watch me, pains, not pain, which means you know you a G. It's a God-fearing Christian. Um, you know you a G. Watch this. When you know how to deal with pains. Let me talk to the people who watch this. You didn't have the luxury of having one problem. Seems like since you came out your wound, you've had multiple problems. Watch me all the time. 
I couldn't just deal with one knife. I got two and three and four at the time. Where are the honest people at? You weren't dealing with pain. You were dealing with pains. Then it means self. So he's dealing with pains and himself. God says, I put you in the valley to make you look at you. Because who's in the valley? He's by himself. Sometimes God will pick you up from people and isolate you from them. Let me talk to everybody, watch this, who's you felt lonely lately to the point that when your phone rings, you don't even want to answer it. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Let me tell you what God does. Sometimes God says, let me take you, Ezekiel, and then put you over here in this valley by yourself. Because if you talk to them, they're going to, watch this, misdiagnose where you at. No, they ain't talking to me. If you talk to them, they're going to misdiagnose where you're at. And they're going to tell you you're in a place that you're not because they don't know how to discern where you really are. So, so, so what happens? He says, says, y'all here? So he's got to deal with pain and himself and the same. Sometimes in life, we repackage the same situations over and over again because we didn't deal with pains and we never confronted ourselves. Lift one hand, say, Lord, give me the ability to confront me. Say, my greatest challenge. Say, say this, it's sitting in my seat. Your neighbor ain't your greatest challenge. The devil ain't your greatest challenge. Your greatest challenge is the person sitting right there in your seat. Because he didn't deal with his pains because, watch this, or his self. What do we deal with? The same. I don't know about you. I'm sick of the same. Okay, only four of us. All right, all right. Let me check the room. Is there anybody that says, watch this, everything that can get better, I needed to get better. Hands up. Until you're uncomfortable with it. It will persist. Bishop, give me scripture for that. Whatever you bind on, it'll be bound in. Whatever you loose on, it'll be loosed in. Where does the transaction start? God says, the reason I ain't done nothing is because you ain't done nothing. And you waiting on me, but you ain't done nothing. But I need you to just go on. You're going to talk to him at least four more times. I need you to just shake your neighbor's arm and say, let's get up. I ain't living with that mess another day. I'm not living with that fear another day. I ain't living with that stress another day. But then we learned that the definition changed. It was pains, self, same. Then it transitioned into wood. You only need wood when you're going to build something. Uh Uh-huh. And then his name meant strength. He had to grow into his name. In other words, God says, if you handle your valley right, you'll build something while you're there. Most people are so busy trying to run out their valley, they forget that they're supposed to get a book up out their valley. You missed what I just said. Some of y'all have had a lifetime movie that people would pay money to hear it. But you're so busy running, you won't. Say, I'm working on something. Which means, what you meant for evil, I'm going to use to evolve. Where you tried to hurt me, it's going to help me. Say, I'm working on something. What are you working on? A better me. 
me that knows how to handle pains without complaining. Me that knows how to confront myself and not get depressed. Me that ain't gonna keep repackaging the same situation. So watch, say valley. Now, in that movie with Jesus and Ezekiel, they didn't choose their valleys. Here's the turn, you ready? But I wanna close the series out talking out the valleys you chose. There it turned. It turned. Well, watch this. Because of our actions. Oh, don't y'all get quiet on me now. Because either way, you're coming out. And you're coming out having built something. And you're coming out stronger and better than you were before. Matter of fact, some of y'all need to send the people that hurt you a thank you text tonight. Don't send nothing else. Just say thank you. Nigga, say, what you thanking me for? Uh, you made me better. Let's get together and talk. Oh, no, 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 no. I built a version of me that ain't no punk no more. I built a version of me that ain't needy and thirsty no more. Y'all ain't talking to me. I built a version of me that's mature and that's grown. You just need to say thank you. Next. Thank you. Next. Thank you. Next. <laughs> I need you, look, listen, listen, this is only for those of us who have dealt with some Judah. That's plural Judases. <laughs> we often say thank you, Jesus. But you want to know what gave Jesus the victory? Judas did. His greatest victory came from his deepest valley. You missed me. What got Jesus to the cross? Betrayal. What's the cross? A valley. What did it do? By us. I need you to give God, watch this, only for those of us who have dealt with multiple. If you only had one, sit down. But for those of us who have dealt with multiple, Judah and Judas's I want you to release five seconds of praise. Stop, wait, listen, why? Because what they don't understand is that the last time they saw you, you were going down. Let me get prophetic. But by Sunday, they're going to see you risen. Go! If you're watching online, I need you to do the same thing. You saw me when I was going down. But in three days, watch me do it. Watch me do it. Say thank you, Judas. Be seated. Thank you, Judas. Thank you. You never would have prayed without Judas. You wouldn't be in church without Judas. You wouldn't have found harvest without Judas. You wouldn't have got healed without Judas. You wouldn't have turned your life around without, thank you. But let's get to this valley that we pick. In the book of Judges, there's a cycle that exists. The word judge means one who is natural that's appointed to do supernatural. That's like you and I. There were several judges throughout scripture. So here's what happened. The children of Israel come out of Egypt after 430 years of bondage. Moses is the man of God. Moses raises up Joshua, which teaches us a lesson. Joshua was not Moses blood. 
There are certain things you want to make a dynasty that won't be. There are certain of you who are trying to involve blood and stuff that they're not built to do. <laughs> Moses raises up Joshua, the son of Nun. Nun means limitation. Joshua was a militant leader. Here's Joshua's problem. He was so militant, he would not invest in anybody else. Joshua, when they started acting crazy, says, as, as for me and my house, Here's the problem with his mentality. He didn't raise anybody else up that could handle the weight. So what happens is the Bible says after Joshua dies, they go through this period where there's a bunch of different leaders that kind of raise up. But nobody had, the, watch this, the Bible calls it in some versions the spirit of leadership. <laughs> nobody knew how to get it from where it was to where it needed to go. Joshua was a militant leader. He fought kings to take territory. So God would say, it's yours. You're just going to have to fight. He'd show up, they fight, they take the territory. So all these other leaders come up, and they're trying to maintain where it's at, but they don't know how to move it forward. I pray that the people around you aren't maintainers. I pray the people around you are people who move it forward. So now what happens is then the Bible says, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. Because there was nobody to say, uh-uh, I ain't playing with y'all. There was nobody to check the people. So whenever people, watch me, whenever people grow unchecked, they grow uncontrollable. And I need for some of y'all to realize the best thing you have is somebody to check you. Because if you're uncontrollable, baby, you about to go down. I need everybody in here that loves correction. Come on, I heard somebody say that the other day. I need you to just throw your hands up and say, Lord, I love to be corrected. Why? Because the Bible says that a father that loves his child, he chastises him. He corrects him, which means the greatest thing God could ever do is say, don't do that. If he's still doing that, that means he ain't done with you yet. And I need somebody to rejoice that God has proven to you he ain't done with you. Because when you tried to warn, he checked you. When you tried to act up, he checked you. I need you to say, thank you for checking me. So the people are uncontrollable because they're unchecked. So God, here's this cycle. They prosper. They do well. Then they do their own thing. They disobey. They start worshiping what he gave them. See, watch this. When they started doing well, they worshiped the stuff he gave them. And this is what happens. That spirit is very much alive. Go and walk in your thing, Bishop. That spirit is very much alive in this region. People worship the stuff God has blessed them with. So now you got the mountain, so you worship it, so you don't come to church. You ain't saying nothing. Now you got a job, so you worship it, so you miss church. Now you got a car, so you worship it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I ain't playing with y'all. So what happens is, so what happens is, they worship what he gave them. And let's tell the truth, y'all. We've all done it. You got that car, and you so happy to get that car. All of a sudden, listen, you, look, spend eight hours with that car. Shining the wheels. Some of y'all remember when we had chamois. Now you take it on and let them do it, but we, you know. You were so faithful when you were single. And now you got options. You ain't working every night. I'm just saying. Um, (laughs) 
I am. I'm just saying. They disobey. So what would God do? Look at me. God would raise up an adversary. Shut up. I don't mean that literally. Figure of speech. God would say, y'all remember Ghostbusters? Number one. That's a cartoon. And not this new thing with the girls. I don't know what that is. That's, that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something. I don't know nothing about that. I don't know nothing about that. Ghostbusters one. And remember when they were up on the rooftop and she said, choose your something, enemy, I don't know, something. Choose your adversary, thank you. And then one of the guys thought of the, of the marshmallow man. And then the marshmallow man popped up and the adversary they thought of is the adversary they had. What God would do is God would say, listen, when y'all are doing good, you forget about me. So I'm going to pick the right adversary to come against you. Watch this. To make you come back to me. Which means, watch this. What's against you ain't the devil, so it can't kill you. What's against you I sent because I needed to get you back to me. Somebody said, that's my God. Then they would repent. Oh, Lord Jesus, please forgive us, Lord. Because he's a good, good father. He'd be like, all right, Jesus, give me one more chance. Give me, give me one more chance. He was like, Jesus. Okay, so watch me. Watch. You watching? Then they repeat the cycle. They'd prosper, then they'd worship what he gave them. He'd raise up an enemy, they'd repent, they'd prosper, they'd worship what he gave them. He'd raise up an enemy, they'd repent. This went on for decades. Because nobody said, let's get up. I want to ask you a question. How much longer do certain areas of your life have to repeat that cycle? The moment he do something good for you, you ghost. The moment you get a breakthrough, you leave him. Let me tell you something. Who would want to be in relationship with somebody? That every Friday, they disappear until Monday. You'll catch it on the way home. So, let's look at this. Judges chapter 4. Y'all ready? Let's ride. You ready? Say, say cycles and circles are over. Say it like you mean it. Say cycles and circles are over. Judges chapter 4. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. Ehud is one of the judges. So when there was nobody to check them, they grew what? Uncontrollable. Because anything that's unchecked is uncontrollable. Some of you parents, you need to listen to that. Anything that's unchecked is uncontrollable. I was, I was listening to a kid the other day in, on an airplane. And, it, and listen, and the Holy Ghost said, because I was about to get up and say, come here. Come here. You his mama? You the daddy? Come here. Evidently, y'all don't know how to handle this. Because look, Jimmy don't get to tell me no. I'm not doing it, mom. 
little Jimmy's, pray this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe in you so that if I die right now, I'm coming to be with you. Amen. I'm just joking. But the Bible says if you spare the rod, some of y'all, the reason you ain't messed up today is because Oh, y'all don't like that. Okay. I'm just giving you Bible. Don't get mad at me because I read the Bible. Bible don't say nothing about time out. It's time in <laughs> for some discipline. <laughs> and that's how you're going to win. <laughs> Judges chapter 4, verse number 2. And listen to this verse. This verse is going to rock your world. Judges 4 and 2. Judges 4 and 2. Listen to this verse. Judges 4 and 2. It's on the screen. Judges 4 and 2. And the Lord, please read the next part, sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his armies was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hegeoim. Look at me. The Lord sold them over to somebody that was going to save them. He said, you don't want to do it my way? They like it my way. You don't want to do it my way? Fine. For a season, I'm going to sell you. What does that mean? I'm going to give you over to what's going to save you. Because I ain't playing with you no more. I told you you're the curse breaker, and that's what you're going to be. I told you you're the head and not the tail, and that's what you're going to be. I told you you're a king and a priest, and that's what you're going to be. And until you grow up into that, let me sell you to somebody that's going to save you. But here's what's amazing. Here's the word Jabin. Give me five minutes. The word Jabin means wisdom. So watch this. The Lord sold them to wisdom. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that wisdom comes through sorrow. That means God says, I'm giving you to something that's going to create sorrow, but that sorrow is going to create wisdom. Because sometimes you don't learn until you watch, watch this, till you lose. Sometimes you won't hear until you hurt. Sometimes you won't pay attention until you're in pain. But is there anybody that can give God glory? Somebody say, I got it now. <laughs> Who reigned in Hazor. Hazor means gathering in Hebrew. So take this out. God says, I'm so good, God says, that while I'm teaching you wisdom through your pain, while I'm selling you to something that's going to save you, watch this, everything you need is being gathered to you. So that as soon as you come out of this valley, everything you need is waiting on you. I need somebody to hear me tonight. God says, you ain't been wasting this valley because everything you need, I need you to do this, please. I need you to do this. Everything you need is being gathered unto you. The right people, the right team, the right place, the right money, the right resources. God says, I put you somewhere where everything you need is being brought to you. Somebody say, it's gathering, it's gathering, it's gathering. Verse 3. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Say, Lord, help me. For he had 900 chariots of iron and oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. Question, how long will it take you to get wisdom? Listen to me. He didn't get them out of it. He loved them through it. Stop thinking that God's love gets you out. What, what, says, what gets you out is when you finally get the wisdom, the lesson. Now, look at verse 4. Now, Deborah. Say Deborah. Say Debbie. Say little Debbie's snack cakes. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just playing. 
I like Deborah. Deborah was a judge. The Bible says she was a prophetess, a seer. The wife of Lapidoth was judging Israel at that time. Ehu dies. Deborah takes over. When Deborah takes over, Deborah's name is amazing to me. Because Deborah's name means B. Not B-E. B-E-E. Deborah's name means you mess with me. You're going to get. In other words, watch this. Watch this. Deborah's name is significant because her name as the judge means, watch this. There's about to be a sting. Listen to me. And the pain of the sting is what's going to get you out of the valley. Please listen to me. If you don't avoid the situation and avoid the pain of the situation, the sting of it is going to be what gets you out of it. You'll catch it on the way home. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Touch your neighbor and say, you sit next to a bee. Yeah, if you mess with me, you're going to get stung. And some of you, you've been too nice to the devil. You've been too nice to the enemy where he just keeps doing whatever he wants to do. But you got to let a Deborah rise up on the inside of you. Or listen, a Debo. Let a Debo rise up on the inside of you. If you mess with me, you're going to get stung. Verse 5. Verse 5. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came to her for judgment. Verse 6. She sent and summoned Barak the son of Abinoam of Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you? Go gather your men on Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from Naphtali, the people of Zebulun. Naphtali, Zebulun, those are tribes. Twelve tribes of Israel, those are two. She summoned Barak. Say, she summoned Barak. Now listen, when she called for President Obama, what she said to him is, Please do something. <laughs> no. When she called for Barack, that's not political, don't get offended. And if you are, please understand that as a personal issue between you and you. <laughs> I'm playing with y'all. She sent and summoned Barack. Say, what's Barack? Barack means lightning blessing. You ever seen lightning? Watch this. How did you see it? You looked at it. What do we notice about it? It's quick. Look at somebody. Say, I'm summoning something. Say, I'm summoning Barack. What's that? That's the lightning blessing. That thing happens just like that. It happens so fast that I had to. Somebody said, Lord, do it and do it quick. You ain't saying it like it means. Say, Lord, do it and do it quickly. What did she do? She summoned. What happened? The sting summoned something. The sting summoned something. You didn't, you didn't get it. The sting summoned something. In other words, the reason you can't run from your pain is because that pain is about to summon something. It's summoning God to step in quick, fast, and in a hurry and turn that thing around just like that. Somebody say, it's getting ready to happen. Look, 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 look. Let me finish. Verse 7. And I will draw out Sisera the general of Jabin's army. Listen. You listening? God says, I'm ready to bring you out. Somebody say, I'm ready. 
Say, he ready. He ready. Let's go. God says, I'm ready to bring you out. So what I'm going to do is use the sting to summon something quick, fast, and in a hurry. Which means by the time you turn over here, it's going to be done. Shut up. By the time you look over there, it's going to be done. By the time you check your email, it's going to be done. By the time you look at your bank account, it's going to be done. By the time you pull your new credit report, it's going to be done. By the time you look at that new doctor's report, it's going to be done. God says, I got to finish. And I will draw out Sisera. Listen, who's their enemy? Sisera is the general of whose? Jabin's army. That's their enemy. I love God because who sent them? God. But who's about to knock them down? God. Our God is so amazing. He'll raise up something to only knock it down just to show you he's God. He says, I'm going to draw him out. <laughs> To meet you by the river Kishon. Kishon means this, the river of slaughter. He says, I'm bringing you, watch this, your enemies in front of you. Not for you to get scared, not for you to run or retreat, but to handle it. Somebody say, I got to handle it. Listen to me. God has been drawing your enemies out so you can see them clearly. Some of you are wondering what's going on. God says, I'm showing you where they are. I'm showing you where they sit. I'm showing you what their facial expressions look like. I'm showing you how they talk. I'm I've been drawing your enemies out in the open. Not for you to get fearful. What's an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress. It's a noun, person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress. He says, I'm drawing it out so you can see it clearly so you can handle it. Because watch this, you're going to handle them with one swoop this time. Let me prophesy to somebody, this ain't going to be partial victory. This is going to be the total desolation of everything that has come against you. So much so, you're going to look around and have a season of peace and rest. You're going to look around and say, what am I fighting today? It ain't going to be no fight today. You're... That's for somebody. Look, 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 look. It says, and I'm going to give him into your hands. Stop. Isn't an army of them? It's not, it's, it's, it's not a trick question. Y'all like. Is it an army composed of multiple people? So the personal pronoun for multiple people in this instance would be what? Them, not him. But what does the Bible say? And I will give him into your hand. Which means God says, if you take the head off, See, some of this generational stuff you've been dealing with is because you won't go deal with your mama. Some of this generational stuff you've been dealing with is because you won't deal with the source. Some of this generational stuff you've been dealing with is because you won't deal with it where it really began. We out here now. Can you free me? Can you free me so I can teach it how I want to teach it? He says, and I will give him into your hand. I will give him into your hand. If you get Sisera, the rest of them ain't going to know what to do. Let me finish it. Verse 8, and Barak said to her, if you go with me, I'm going. But if you don't go, I'm not going. She said, verse 9, I'm going, let's go. Nevertheless, the word you're going on ain't going to lead to glory. The Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Deborah was the judge or leader. Listen to me. 
he wouldn't go without his leader's presence and their principles. And there are too many that dishonor their leaders, which is why they lose. Let's move on. And their uh, verse 10, and Barak called out to Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. Those were the armies. And 10,000 men went up at his heels. That means behind him. And Deborah went with him. The leader went with him. The leader blessed what he was doing. He didn't just go out there and do his own thing. Listen. Li uh, listen. When Sisera told uh, that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, uh, watch this. Uh, 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 Sisera called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, all the men that were with him from Ariel, Seth, had gone to the river Kishon. Look at me. His advancement aggravated his enemy. The reason, the reason, watch this, when you begin to advance, you will aggravate what's against you. Pay attention. I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again, and we're about to test the room so we can go ahead and spot them out. Pay attention to who doesn't clap when you're winning. Now, I want you to celebrate your neighbor's victory. Clap. Now, look at who don't clap. Watch who don't clap. Watch who don't clap. Watch them. Look at them. Bust them in the face if they ain't clapping. Oh, Mark, bust them in the face if they ain't clapping. Shucky, ducky, quack, quack. Let's go. The next time you tell people good news and you don't like their facial expression, mark them. The next time you're celebrating a testimony and somebody don't shout with you, mark them. I'm serious. Some of y'all on Labor Day, when you're at the family cookout, and you start testifying about how good God being, and that one person start doing all that smacking, Give him something to smack about. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just... You marked yourself. Look at me. Let me finish. Verse 14. All right, all the fighters. Calm down. Some of y'all be ready to go. Y'all be ready. Let's. <laughs> Let me finish. And Deborah said to Barak, listen, here's the verse. Here's the whole message. Up! Thank you for coming out. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no, I'm just That's the neighbor said, that's the whole message. And his leader told him, get up. For this is the day in which the Lord has given your enemy into your hand, does not the Lord go out before you? In other words, watch this. Why is God going in front of you? He's about to clear the path. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Somebody say he's clearing the path in front of me. What made God do this? When they repented, when they got serious about God, God says, I'm ready to get you out of your valley. Is there anybody that's serious about God's will being done? Is there anybody that's serious about God's way being done? When you get serious, God says, I want to clear the path for you because it's time for you to come out. Say, I'm coming out. God says, let me clear the path. It ain't even going to be as hard as you thought. 
it ain't going to take as long as you thought. <laughs> God says, I'm clearing the path. I need you to just prophetically gesture him. Do like this. Do like this. Please. What are you doing? You're agreeing with God that he's clearing the path. He's cleaning your record. He's cleaning your conscience. He's cleaning your guilt. He's clearing your guilt and condemnation and shame. Say he's clearing the path. He says, does not the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. Look at me. God prepared the table in front of the enemies. Notice, they don't get to sit at the table, though. But he won't set the table until they're there. So watch the progress. He draws them out. And when he draws them out, touch your neighbor and say, he's drawing them out. And when he draws them out, look at me. And when he draws them out, God says, I'm doing this because I'm about to clear the path. And I want you to know who they are so you don't let them in no more. I'm about to shout my dog gone self. You ain't going to trust them again. You ain't going to give them another shot. You ain't going to give them another chance. Somebody say he's clearing the path. Watch me. Listen, listen, listen. Verse 15. And the Lord shut up. This is good to me. If you ain't getting nothing. I love you, Harvest. And the Lord routed Sisera. Some of you are like, why is this person acting like this? The Lord routed them. Y'all playing with me. Why does it seem like this is always happening? The Lord routed them. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now, walk around the pulpit. Just take away around the pulpit. Just, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. You got it? Thank you. Okay. All right. Take a different route you do than you just did. Okay. Y'all see that? Okay. Y you do a different route than he just did. You go out there this time. Go on, go on the flow. Go on the flow. Come around. Thank you. Gracias. No, no, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Say the Lord routed. Here's what the Lord did. The Lord says, I could have took them around you. I brought them up on you. Why? Because you're at the river Kishon, which means you're at the place of slaughter. So I'm bringing it close enough to you. That's why you couldn't pray it away. You couldn't fast it away. Prayer didn't shut it down. Why? Because God says, I need them up on you because you're about to chop it down. I need it in your face because you're about to take it down. I need you not to run. I need you not to grow weary. I need you not to run from it. I need you not to give up. I need you not to be afraid. I need you not to grow in dismay. Because somebody say, I'm about to get up. God said, the Lord routed them. To bring them right in front of Sisera. Or right in front of Barak. The Lord could have taken them anyway. He said walk up on him. But what you don't know. Is that I'm with him. And last time they got scared. Last time they failed. Last time they gave up under the pressure. 
But this time, they got some wisdom. Please connect this dot like I Somebody say, it made me wiser. Say, it made me better. Look at your Bible. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. Somebody say, the sword. Say it again, say, the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. Look at me. Sisera, who's the general of his enemy's armies, Sisera looked at Barak and said, I ain't even finna mess with him. And started running. But Barak had to get up. Somebody say he had to get up. But the book says he routed him before the edge of the sword. What is the sword in the Bible? The word. What did Barak use on his enemy? The word. Which means he didn't get emotional. He started speaking the word. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He didn't get depressed. He started speaking the word. He didn't go down. He started speaking the word. So when his enemy was coming up with all this riffraff, he was like, but I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. He said, God always causes me to triumph. He says, I always walk in victory. I need some of you to stop talking your talk and start talking his word. Say, Lord, put your word in my mouth. Because let's tell the truth. Sometimes when you're in a battle, it's easy to cuss and act a fool. But cussing ain't going to fix it. Acting a fool ain't going to fix it. But somebody say, it's the word that'll fix it. Would you touch somebody on your left and right and say, the word will fix it. So I know what the doctor's report says, but the Bible says, with his stripes, uh, I am here. I know what your money says, but the Bible says that he'll open up the windows of heaven and put... Somebody say, it's the word. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Can I finish? Verse 16. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Heroseth Hagioim. That's where their headquarters was. And all the army of Sisera fell because of the word. Now one of them suckers was left. Look at me. I need for you to stop engaging in hand-to-hand combat. And I need you to start engaging in, watch this, there's a certain type of warfare, not chemical. There's a certain type of warfare that deals with your mind. You know what they call it? Psychological warfare. Well, I ain't got to fight you. I'm gonna get in your head. So you too scared to fight me. So you hop off the chariot and run. Watch me, look at me. Too many of us, watch this. What you've been doing is you've been engaging in hand-to-hand combat. Look at me. What the problem is with that, and I'm setting you up tonight for where we're going in our new series. The problem with that is this Wednesday. This takes too much energy. And to fight 900 chariots like this, look at me, you're going to wear 
yourself. I'm talking to some people tonight where the reason you so wore out is because you don't fight right. You doing this to every enemy. You calling every person. You emailing every person. You Facebooking every person. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And God says, there's some stuff you can't handle like that. There's some stuff you're going to have to open your mouth and use the word. Because the word is what's going to get you the victory. What did they use to get the victory? The word. Say the word. So all he did, I says, all he did was use the word. Look at me. Look at me. All he did was take the message. Let me make it practical for you. And then on Thursday with some stuff started popping on. Friday, Saturday, all he did was say, mm -mm. and the Lord routed Cicero over him so I could take him down. Somebody said, it's the word. How are you going to say what you don't know? How are you going to say what you don't believe? It's amazing to me how skeptical we are. I'm about to close it. We're going to go all the way up. It's amazing to me how skeptical we are of God. But you'll believe a Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> By the way, who won? Wow. All right. Denver is one of the few, Colorado is one of the few states that still has some Popeye sandwiches. And I know why. <laughs> um, so who liked the Popeye sandwich? No booze. Somebody say it, it's all right. How many of y'all like the Chick-fil-A sandwiches? How many of you have just settled so you won't try nothing new? <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't eat fast foods. I don't know. Look at me. Look at me. It's amazing to me how you will believe something you see on social media and then hear a word and say, I don't know. You'll watch something on Netflix and say, did you see that? And then hear a message and say, I don't know. You'll watch something on, on YouTube. YouTube. Regular people put stuff on YouTube. By regular, I mean they don't have to be an expert to say something. And you'll be like, whoa, did you see this? And then you'll get a message. Hmm. I just wonder if it really happened like that. Look here. Ain't nobody playing with you. Someone say, it's the word. Say, and it works for me. So I want you to make this declaration of faith. I want to end it like this. I want to make this declaration of faith. I want you to make this declaration of faith. Declaration of faith. Uh, say, Father, in Jesus' name, I need your word. So give me a hunger for your word so I can use it to defeat enemies. I thirst for you. You are your word. I thirst. I hunger your word. That's what I need. That's who you are. 
I heard my instructions. Get up. Everybody in here, everybody in here, let's end it this way. Everybody in here, anybody watching me online, and if you're watching me online, I literally want you to do this too. Don't just sit there and look at me. I ain't playing with you. You're going to hear me say that a lot lately. It's more so of a mental reinforcement for me. Just so just you know. Touch your neighbor and say, I ain't got time to play with nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I ain't got time. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. Because God wants to give you a Barak. A lightning blessing. Say, it's going to happen that fast. I prophesy for somebody tomorrow, when you open your email, it's going to be lightning blessing after lightning blessing after lightning blessing after lightning blessing. After lightning blessing, after lightning blessing, after light. I prophesy to our church, it's gonna be lightning blessing after lightning blessing after lightning blessing. If you believe it, say yes, Lord. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.